cul-de-sac contemplating murder. Swerving with my circus, looking for a purpose. Pseudo clean record hope got another Having some green tea. You know, I've been doing a lot of green tea lately with uh I do like I throw green tea and I throw a lemon in there, and then I do like uh just a dash of cayenne pepper. It's pretty freaking legit. No, I just do a green tea and just a spoon of honey in it and then you dip your french fries in that. Nah, man. Yeah, I haven't I mean, had exactly. haven't had french fries. Dude, I haven't had french fries in a while. Uh, I had some pretty damn good barbecue today. Brisket. I so, can't. Ooh. I can't be having french fries and doing Roger's fucking sprint workout. Dude, kinda is that thing kind of cancel each other out? Is that thing not brutal or what? Dude, by like sprint like 14, like I'm just like, okay, I'm kind of done. It is um, it is soul crushing. Yeah. That's why I do the out and back. Because if I do, if I go out, I have to come back. Yeah. So, and yeah. the faster I get back, the better. It, it is soul crushing. Yeah. Problem with it, problem here is like your neighborhood's small. So, like I just kind of jogged on, on to the other end of the neighborhood and just did it on one of the little side streets. That's about, this little side street's about maybe 100 meters, maybe 125 meters long. So it's perfect. Um, distance wise for that 20, 20 second sprint. So let's dive right into this thing. You're talking about, you know, we've been texting all day for our viewers and listeners out there. We've been texting back and forth all day, speaker of the house. So we're trying to get something out pretty quick. Who knows if it gets done by tomorrow, this is what Thursday night. So we'll try to drop this tomorrow morning. Uh, who knows what happens tomorrow? I think they just finished vote 11. I don't know if they were in recess or not. I don't know if they have a majority. If I'm the Democrats, I don't even let them go to recess. I don't even give them the votes. I'm like, hey, you know what? You're going to be here all night to do this. But as we, this morning, of course, we were all fired up. And then you, know, you can only stay fired up for so long, right? It's like being at ThreatCon Delta. You can only do that for like, you know, a day or something like that. And as it starts to peter out, then you get this D-bag Crenshaw that hops on there. And dude, he is like a whiny 13-year-old. It's like you are a member of Congress and a Navy SEAL, by God. You know, act like a grown adult. Act like a grown man. He just – I'll get your – I'll throw it to you first, Josh. I know because you were fired up this morning, got, got the rest of us fired up. But it's uh, – he acts like a, a, a 13-year-old throwing a temper tantrum. And I think the more and more we see and the more and more I see the pundits, I mean, we'll get into the, the specifics of it, but I have no issues with what's going on. Now, I don't – I'll say it up front. I don't like the way they do the back-to-back-to-back to vote, voting because there's nothing being accomplished. There's nothing being gained between the votes. But duking it out, hashing it out, fighting it, like I have no issues with that. I have no problems, and I think that you take as, as long as you need to because here's the reality. We have now uh, spent more time deciding the Speaker of the House than we did the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. So with that, I'll throw it over to Josh and get some of his thoughts on this thing. Yeah, so obviously there's a uh, there's a lot to unpack, and uh, we had a uh, we had a pretty candid uh, conversation in uh, in our text uh, our text group. I'm sure it's very entertaining for Luke because um, he was pretty uh, he was pretty quiet. I'm sure he's going to say he was working or something, which we know is not true. So he's out gallivanting around, hanging out. I agree with you. What we're seeing play out on the, on the house floor right now is probably one of the best things I've ever seen on the house floor, probably in my lifetime, honestly, Uh, you know, if we're, if we're being honest, you know, and this is the way it was intended. It was intended for all the members of the house to be present during debate when they are debating a bill, when they're debating legis- you know, legislation, what have you, this is the way it was intended. So I, I you know, I'm with you, um, you know, and that, that this is a good thing. And I, you know, I know before, I don't know if you changed your mind. I know before you said, you, you know, you wish this wasn't playing out in public. I think this is fantastic. That is playing out in public because this is exactly what the American people need to see. They need to see, they need to see people exposed for who they really are. Dan Crenshaw just gave a uh, he, you know, gave a quick interview coming out of the chamber um, here, you know, probably in the last forty five minutes or so, maybe an hour, where he was on the verge. I, I mean, he was so frustrated. Um, he, he actually sounded like he was going to cry, which made me laugh. Uh, you know, because I would love nothing more than to see him break down like a little bee and just start crying. Uh, you know, on national TV. Uh, but it was very telling, you know, one of the first things he said 
was, you know, he was asked, he was like, well, you know, what's the problem with Byron Donalds? Right. And Crenshaw went off about how Byron's not a, a, a he is not a valid candidate um, because, quote, he hasn't raised millions of dollars. Right. That was the very first thing out of his mouth. And so it's kind of, you know, it goes back to what you said earlier. It's like, hey, man, that should not be the metric we use to place elected officials in positions of authority, positions of power and positions of influence. Oh, well, who raised the most money? That's a crap ass metric to use. Right. I don't recall seeing that in the Constitution. Right. It's like, you know, you go back to the military. It's like, who is the best person to do this? Who is the best person to be in charge? That's who needs to be in charge. The best, right. per, the person with the best two mile time, clearly. Right, right, and that's basically that's basically what you know what what Crenshaw is is saying. It's it, it's super frustrating to to hear a bunch of other people talk about how this is drama and it's embarrassing and you know whatever. It's like no, this is what it is. This is what it's supposed to be. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson, you know, said, you know, timid people prefer the calm of despotism to the tempestuous sea of liberty. Right. And, you know, people are so used, people are so conditioned to deals being done in back rooms behind closed doors. And then once they come out on the floor, they just come out on the floor. They, they, throw, you know, they put the vote down, they vote and they leave if they even show up. Right. Uh, and people are not used to seeing this debate. Could you imagine people like us seeing video of the debate, you know, them trying to pass the 13th Amendment? I mean, back in the day, man, I mean, they were they went to fisticuffs. They went to fisticuffs on the, you know, on the House floor. So it, it's, it, it's all it's all good. This is what needs to happen. And as far as how long this takes, I don't care if this takes two years. Like, I really don't. Like this needs to happen. Kevin McCarthy does not need to be speaker. No one can name no one can name one positive thing that Kevin McCarthy has done in his time in elected office. Not one. So that's my initial thoughts. I ha- obviously have a lot more to say on uh, to to say on this, but I want to get uh, get Luke's thoughts. Um, since he wasn't involved in our uh, our back and forth. I looked at the uh, notifications because I have notifications turned off for you guys. Uh, I mean, I can't have my phone dinging all day. So I just kind of looked down and make sure, you know, there's the note. I looked down one time and there were 83 notifications. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord, they've been going off. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and I, I'd like for you guys to go back and forth a little bit like you like you did earlier, because I don't know if, if any of that was solved. Um in the in the text josh you kind of touched on a little bit of it just now so first of all only people with slow two mile times make comments like that that's that's first off (laughs) always jealous of the fast runners i uh i take a attack on this i i'm very nihilist when it comes to this uh this the state of things now that's just kind of my current mood over the past 60 to 90 days i'm just so sick of it and i just it's not that I want to watch the world burn like Josh, but I do think it's good, kind of, for this to, to the, for this to come to light uh, to to the average American person. So C-SPAN has had the, its best week since I mean when I mean they've had a really good week this week uh, covering all these votes because I'm with Josh. It's like this this okay a couple things yeah with with the advent of the television and the internet, uh, there's no excuse for the behind the doors dealings. You know I mean. I think it was just kind of a the way they do things now is a hand me down to the way things were done way back when, where you know news traveled slow back then, right? And so it may have seemed that things were done behind closed doors, but when it comes to the the, the House of Representatives, um, you know that's the closest that's the the that's your nearest touch point belly button to the federal government. Uh, those are the people that are supposed to be representing a certain district. So those are the people who are in the, within the federal government of the elected officials who are supposed to have the most trust. Yeah, that's my ice machine. Did y'all hear that? 
stupid. I'm in a hotel, y'all. Uh, so they, they're supposed to have the most trust. So I think they were given trust to make these deals and stuff like that. But on the other hand, in 1855, when Nathaniel Banks uh, won the Speaker of the House, he went in the 34th Congress. There were 133 ballots. We're only on ballot 10. It took two months. Uh, there were 21 people uh, vying for the Speaker of the House. And the reason that one was so important, because that's when they were debating slavery. And Nathaniel Banks was anti-slavery. He's very much not liked uh, on both sides. But he ended up actually getting it. Um, and then two years later, he was out on his butt. But either way, it was 100, 133 ballots. People keep saying, well, you know, we've got to go all the way back to the Civil War to find more ballots. Man, I think that's good. I think the more ballots, the better. Uh, it's, I think it shows healthy debate. It's not chaos. It's a republic. And, you know, getting back to the, you know, your representative being the one that you should trust the most and the, because that's the person representing your district in the house of representatives within Congress. Right? So I have a question for Jim Jordan who wants so bad to be on the judiciary committee. He doesn't want to be speaker of the house. I get that. You know what? I want a president that doesn't want to be president. It's too much. It's too much. I just, I can't handle it. You know, when when back in the days of Rome, you know, being bestowed the title of Caesar was was it was an obligation uh, at the time. Nobody wanted it till Julius came in and kept it forever. But uh, it was a civic duty. It was a civic service. And I want somebody who does not want to do that. Like I'd want somebody like Rogers, like, hell no, it's not enough money. Well, too bad. You're going to go do it anyway. You know, and I, th- I know he'd do a good job. But back to Jim Jordan, you know, I understand you don't want it. You want to be on the Judiciary Committee. But what do the people of your district want? I guarantee you, if you did a poll of the people who voted for him in his district, every single, well, not every single last one, 90% of the vote would be, I want my guy as the Speaker of the House. And it's like, okay, dude, you know, that's great you don't want it. That's great you want to be on the Judiciary Committee. He's going on Fox and saying this. If, if he's my guy in my district, I'm like, where's he, Ohio? He's Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm like, hey, bro, wouldn't it be better if you were speaker? You know, I, I, I just think we've gotten away from from a lot of stuff. And I, I do like the the debate. Um, McCarthy, I saw a heritage, uh, a heritage study today where they rate all of the uh, they rate all the members of Congress on how conservative they are. That, that was actually our text, but anyway, go ahead. Oh, y'all, y'all texted that? I didn't read all of it, dude. 83 <laughs> notifications? Seriously? I can't scroll hey, back. You didn't read all that? Dude, dude, that was I, gold. We covered all this stuff. Tired. So you covered the, well, okay. Well then, well, then let's just not share it with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, he scores, my point is he scores pretty high. My problem with uh, McCarthy is that he had how long to get his stuff together? How long to get, pardon a phrase, but to get his house in order? He had a lot of time to get this in order. And by virtue of this clown show that's going on right now, that tells me he didn't do a good job of that. You can say what you want about Nancy Pelosi, but she she kept her house in order. You know, it's like, dude, you can't, right now you can't hold her, what are you, shoe strap, bra strap? I don't know. So Roger, those are kind of Jock my initial... Strap. Jock strap, her jock strap. I, those are my initial thoughts, but you're kind of a process guy. And if you can't answer this, maybe, maybe Josh can. Uh, Josh put out a, a tweet. He always puts out tweets and then never follows up on them, asking for audience input. And we did. And it was the typical two dudes that, uh, that respond. First was, uh, was a good old Damon. Uh, he he uh, talked about uh, putting up, putting Donald's up there. Uh, and then Jed, uh, Roger, this is the one that, if you don't know, you could kick it to Josh, or maybe I could try to tackle it. Uh, Jed asked, uh, "Can you give an overview of the process, you know, the voting process within the House uh, for the Speaker, and what a typical vote looks like? You know, if you could just kind of break it down. I know you're you're kind of wonky on this, and so is Josh. Maybe be a good one to answer that one." Sure. So I, I do want to cover a couple of things first. The I, I agree with Josh. I want to see this stuff playing out in public. I think it's good to play out in public, but I would like to see the debate and the deals going on playing out in public right now. You're not seeing any of that. All you're seeing 100%. is the vote, the clerk of the court, right? Some people talk in the background, boom. And then another vote, same thing. Boom. I want to see the debate. I want to see that the, the deal is done. 
um, when you come down to the process of this, it's pretty simple. You have to have a quorum present. And right now you have to have 50, you have to have 51% of the vote, which right now is 218. And generally what happens is Democrats vote for Democrats and Republicans vote for Republicans. And then the independents, if there are any, whomever, uh, whoever they caucus with is, is normally where they vote. Now, this is where it goes back, you know, to where back deals are going on, because like, like we've got three of us here. And let's say we were doing the same thing with three of us. Well, then, you know, I may go to Luke and just be like, hey, man, if you vote for me, you know, I'll, I'll put your video as, as the number one video, first video for the C3 you know, YouTube podcast. Uh, and then I'll go to, you know, try to get, you know, gather his vote. Then I'll go to Josh and do the same thing. All of this happens behind closed doors, which we're getting, we're privy to it because of some of the journalists that are coming out on Twitter and some of the uh, stuff that's coming on Fox news and CNN, but it's not really publicly made available. And there's nobody really coming out saying, Hey, this is our stance. Going back to what Luke said, and I am not a McCarthy fan. One, he's a California politician, and and outside of Reagan, uh, I just I don't trust a guy. When you look at his heritage score, it's like eighty nine right now for his last session. Uh, but when you look at lifetime, he's a score of like fifty three. It was easy to to score eighty nine during this last session because we weren't in power, we being the the Republicans. So it's a little bit easier to to hold your ground. But I am not a a, a McCarthy fan, and. What happened at the end of the fall, he did take a vote. They did, as a party, take a vote, and they chose McCarthy. That's why all of a sudden he came out with, I think if you look at, uh, you know, this is around August time frame, he came out and was like, well, when we win the House and I become Speaker, because that vote happened, okay? So there was an internal vote, which, by the way, is the same thing that uh, Ari Fleischer is saying that they should do now, is, hey... You take the caucus, you go back there, you 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 take a, a vote, the plurality, and and whoever's got the most wins, right? They did that in the fall. Uh, what you don't know though is who voted, and you don't know how many people there uh, were actually present when they voted, because a lot of times, and we've both seen it when they do like the what is it the the not the RNC, but you know they'll do the conservative uh, you know triple C or whatever it is where they do the straw polling and stuff like that in Iowa, right? So. You know, my my guess, seeing how this stuff has played out, is, hey, you know what? He didn't have 218 votes back then. He probably got 200 and was like, I'm good for the other 18. Uh, not realizing that or not taking into account that, hey, the Freedom Caucus uh, is about 55 members. And you may not necessarily have all of them on board, like Andy Biggs, who happens to be my district representative, uh, you know, it, it has been absolutely against McCarthy. Same thing with Gates and a couple other folks. What, and I'll ask Josh this because here, here was my initial thought when this all came, you know, all happened. I'm like, okay, this thing's going to go through three, four, five times. Then McCarthy will eventually be elected. Okay. Because at the point now he's pretty much conceded everything. There's like nothing left on the table for him to concede. Uh, it's going to be an empty gavel. And it's, by the way, it's going to be an empty gavel anyway. And this is the way why part of, of me and Josh were, uh, were arguing earlier, because the Republicans aren't going to be in control. But he's conceded everything. I figure it was going to go three or four times, five times, six, whatever the number is. And then they just, there you go. He's now the Speaker of the House. Josh, with what you've heard, and I think with what, you know, I've just caught snippets of Gates, um, and even with Crenshaw, I think you said it when he called us all terrorists, they're like, that might not be how you want to talk to your conservative base. There are some pretty damning words that are coming out from the 200 voters for McCarthy, uh, and there are some pretty damning words coming out from the 20 that are not voting for him. I don't know how you reconcile that. I don't know if you can reconcile that. I mean, in my mind, it's like us, you know, if I'm MFing you all day and then all of a sudden the vote happens, okay, all right, we're going to be friends again. Just when I've heard the rhetoric come out from both sides, in my mind, I don't see them reconciling. So, I mean, I don't know what you've heard and what you've seen on Twitter. Do you feel the same way or do you think they all kumbaya and and, and eventually rally around McCarthy when there's nothing left? Uh, it's a good question. And, and I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think some will, I think some will be able to reconcile, um, and others won't be able to reconcile. You know, I don't see, especially with what Crenshaw has said about, let's say Lauren Bobert 
you know, um, and, you know, Matt Gates and, you know, Kevin McCarthy, like Kevin McCarthy's probably not going to invite Matt Gates over to have dinner with him and his, you know, and his roommate, Frank Lutz. Uh, you know, that's, that, that's probably not going to happen. Another tool, by the way. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. An absolute. Yeah. And McCarthy, here's the thing with McCarthy and you're absolutely right. Like, you know, last October McCarthy didn't have the votes then he did not have them. Um, and so that tells me a couple things. One McCarthy doesn't know his party. He did not fully understand where he stood within, you know, his party, um, or his hubris just, maybe he just didn't care because it's his turn, right? That's his, that that's his attitude right now is it's my turn. I'm the senior guy. I raised the most money. You know, it's Hillary Clinton in 2016. That is, is, is what it is. Um, you know, and then for him, when, you know, when Zelensky came and, you know, gave his, gave his spill and, uh, in front of the, you know, in in front of the house, you had McCarthy show up wearing a Ukrainian flag pin with, you know, a, uh, a Ukrainian flag handkerchief, um, or Ukrainian flag color handkerchief in his jacket pocket. And you're like, Hey man. Like, aren't you trying to, aren't you trying to curry favor with everybody in your party because you're getting ready to, you know, you're getting ready to be elected speaker of the house and you're going to, you're basically thumbing your nose at them. That doesn't seem like very good politics to me. And so again, it goes back. It's either his ego or he doesn't understand his party or both. Um, so I, I think some can reconcile. I think some can't regardless I think it's good to see the internal party, the, the the internal party, the internal politics play out because this is what you, I mean, you want this. You don't want every single Republican falling in lockstep every time, you know, the, whoever the GOP leader is and, you know, pick your chamber says, okay, get in line. This is what we're doing. Because if you're going to do that, then why have you? Know, then why are you electing you know 434 people? Just have one person from each party show up, and that's what you know, and then it'll be just what it is, right? They'll, they'll get to decide. So I'm I'm perfectly fine seeing the the internal politics play out, and you know they had the opportunity to do this in private behind closed doors, um, you know, prior to this because this just didn't surface. It, it, this just didn't happen overnight. Right. This has been a very, very long time coming. They should have picked up on this in 2016 when Donald Trump came in and turned over the Monopoly board. But they didn't. They didn't learn. And in 2020, they should have figured that out. And then on the, you know, the run up to the midterms, there was a lot. I mean, you had a lot of very, very popular candidates out there. Right. You had you had, you know, you had Carrie Lake. You had those candidates who were very popular with, you know, their constituents who were tired of the status quo. Right. And yeah, granted, it didn't work out for, you know, some of them, but they were very tired of the status quo and nobody read the writing on the wall, at least not Kevin McCarthy. And so it just. Two weeks ago, I didn't know. I didn't care if Kevin McCarthy was going to be the Speaker of the House. I really didn't. I didn't care who was going to be the Speaker of the House. But here in the last week, when I start seeing all of these pundits on TV, when I start seeing, you know, the likes of Dan Crenshaw telling me who it has to be. Oh, okay. Hannity. Hannity, dude, when when people like that start saying they're all saying the same thing, that gives me pause. And that automatically is like, you know what? No, absolutely not. That is not our guy. You're pushing that? No, no, that's not the guy. The same people who pushed Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, John McCain on us, they're pushing this guy? No, absolutely not. And so now I don't. I'm with Matt Gates. I don't care what concessions McCarthy makes. He is not the guy. 
He should not be the guy. The fact that he wants it so bad, like you said, the fact that he wants it so bad means he should not be the guy. He just, he shouldn't. And that, that, that's just it, man. Republicans have controlled the House for 20 of the last 28 years. Think about that. For 20 of the last 28 years, you know, and what have we gotten? What have we gotten? We've gotten worse fiscal policy. The size of government has grown exponentially. And Americans are losing their freedoms on a daily basis. So tell me why I should vote for the establishment guy. Why should why should the establishment guy be the guy? He I should. don't I don't want to I want this to be a back and forth. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna yield my time to Roger. Roger, why don't you <laughs> Why don't you go back and forth with Josh on this? So, because why don't you make some of the points you make in the text and stuff like that? Well, it's harder in the text because here's the thing about Josh is if you provide political commentary or reasons that things are happening, then he automatically attributes that to your train of thought. Uh, never mind the fact that early on, very upfront, I was like, hey, I don't like McCarthy. Here's the politics behind it. And a lot of it is, you know, he talks about, you know, the, which I agree with him. Okay. With the, you know, you shouldn't be locked up and in line, but you know what? That's the history of the two parties. Cause guess what the position of the whip is? That's what they do. Okay. That's been around for 200 years. That party whip, that is what they do. When you actually look up, like I, th- I think one of the definitions I read, read is to keep people in line in discipline, regardless of their own interests or constituents interests which is not the right thing. Okay. I'm not saying it's the right thing. Here is what brings me peace with everything. One, I think, and this is kind of where we're going back and forth because the point I was trying to make is it's really not going to matter. Okay. It's really not going to matter because this is going to be a lame duck session for everybody. Because believe me, I don't care if you can shake your head. I'm just telling you the way it is. You live in la la land. What I'm telling you is regardless whether it's Jim Jordan, whether it's Kevin McCarthy, whether it's Steve Scalise, Okay. Do you think anything that any one of them passes out of the house is going to get passed by the Senate? No. Do you think anything that happens to to pass out of the house and by miracles chance passes the Senate gets signed by Biden? Of course not. Do you think anything that Jim Jordan does on the judiciary committee, do you think anything that he does on the judiciary committee that comes out as a possible indictment, subpoena, whatever, or indictment would be the term. Do you think that goes anywhere? And the Biden DOJ, of course not. It doesn't. Now, what I do think happens is, and this is this is my whole takeaway from this, and this is what we're going back and forth with. If I am the Freedom Caucus and I am that that group of twenty that are holding back, and I'm not even sure all twenty are, are Freedom Caucus persons. I know a large part of them are, but I don't think you know. I don't think all twenty of them are. But if I'm that group of twenty, uh, I want every concession there is. I want rules uh, committee. I want the Appropriations Committee. Uh, when you go back to the uh, one vote, uh, you know, vacate or, or whatever it's called, hey, by the way, that's been around for 200 years. Pelosi was the one who introduced that, who, by the way, didn't get 218 votes. She introduced that, and McCarthy wanted to keep in place. Okay, all that just says is that one member, if they say, I don't like it, can, can move for a recall. Okay. Does it happen? I, you know, I don't know how many times in history it's happened, but I think, uh, I think the last time it happened was Mark Meadows and, uh, John Boehner. I think he called for a recall vote. And, and Josh, I don't know if you know it, that, if that ever even happened or not. I know he called for it. Uh, point being, if I am that freedom caucus or, or that group of 20, I'm taking every concession I possibly can and then move forward because it doesn't matter. None of the, no, nothing in that agenda that comes out over this next two years is going anywhere. That's a fact. That's the reality that live with. we live in. Continue having that debate. Continue arguing. And you know what? Maybe you, take, you do take a, a majority on that rules committee, that appropriations committee, and that's how you push the party to, to where it's supposed to be. Because the infighting, I think, at the end of the day is good for the party. You know, I tweeted out this morning you know, to, to all of us, like, hey, when was the last time you've heard fiscal conservatism? It's been at least 10 years, at least. The, the whole, you know, what legislation do you think is going to get passed in the, in the next two years, regardless of speaker? That's a pretty myopic view because go ask John Boehner why he left, why he left D.C. 
in 2015. Why did John Boehner leave in 2015? Because he, they ran him out on a rail, right? Kevin McCarthy is at his end. If they, if the Freedom Caucus can push Kevin McCarthy to the point where he does not get the gavel, guess what Kevin McCarthy is going to do? Kevin McCarthy is going to retire, and he's going to go away, and he's no longer going to be in elected office. You are high as all get out if you think he's going away. That dude is the top fundraiser for both parties. He may go to that a super PAC. He may go to a anywhere. super PAC. He may go You're to a super PAC. He may do something. F. They have an opportunity to run a rhino out of town, and you're looking at it over the next 24 months. They're not running him out of town. He ain't going anywhere, dude. That dude's going to be around for 15 more years. I will bet you a bottle of booze on it right now. run that dude out of Congress. Let's bet a bottle of booze on it. Kevin McCarthy will not stay in Congress if he is not the speaker. He will not do it. Let's let's put a bottle of booze on it. That dude is staying in there just because of his pure fundraising power. That dude ain't going to no PAC. He ain't going to no super PAC. He ain't going to some outside third-party committee. That dude is staying in Congress for the state of California for the next 15 years. That dude ain't going anywhere. Don't kid yourself. You remind me of Robert the Bruce from hey, whatever man. I'm just telling you from facts. Braveheart, man. You you would rather fight over the scraps from from Kevin McCarthy's and the establishment's table than get these assholes out of D.C. You're not getting them out, out of D.C. You live. You literally are like Alice in Wonderland. He is not going anywhere. Where do you get that to your head? He's where's not John going Boehner, anywhere. Where's John Boehner at these days? John Boehner was Paul Ryan at these close days? to Kevin McCarthy, and neither was Ryan. Neither one of them are as shrewd or had the fundraising capability that Kevin McCarthy has. I'm telling you, that dude ain't going anywhere. If, if he that, is not elected speaker Kevin of the McCarthy House, I will, bet you a bottle, I will bet you a bottle right now from what's the website we go to, Sealbox? I will bet you a bottle of booze from Sealbox right now if Kevin McCarthy is not the speaker of the House, that dude serves this term and at least one more. If There's not, no two, way. Three, He'll four, serve five. out this term. There's no way he serves another term because Kevin McCarthy is the type of person, his ego won't let him do it. His ego won't let him do it the same way Donald Trump's ego won't let him be a vice president, a vice presidential candidate. So let's make the bet. Deal. Deal. Bet. You got it? Game tape. Where are we at? We're at like 33 minutes on what episode is this? 106? Kevin McCarthy loses the gavel. He'll finish out this term and then he will be gone from D.C. But but he's not going to lose the gavel. I mean, he, he's not. I, I think the only I think he he's going to get it. I don't know what else there is to do uh, other than posturing at this point, because there's a little bit of truth in everything that's said, right? The, our problem with Crenshaw, there's a little bit of truth, a little bit of truth in the stuff he says. It's the way he says it. It's his delivery, right? Of course, people want to, uh, you know, raise their raise their stock right now. You know, Donald's, there's a reason. People see him as kind of a rising star, even though I've been reading the dudes is like a felon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But he's they they threw his name out there. That wasn't a serious thing. Just like the Donald Trump, you know, uh, Gates throwing Donald Trump's name. That's not a serious thing. That was dumb. It was dumb. And, you know, they're just they're they're raising their stock. You know, I hate to keep going off on Crenshaw, but it's like he's like all they're trying to do is get their moment in, in the sun and you know get in front of a camera. It's like, bitch, where are you right now? You're in front of a camera. You're doing the same thing. You think we're so stupid? We don't see that. But look. I think that Gates and Bobert are not going back. Uh, they they have to dig their heels in as the firebrand, you know, and and they're looking because they at can have what like five five defections. Yes, five. That's it, right? Uh, it's because I, you know, uh, Shapiro was saying today, and Shapiro's all in on McCarthy, and I'm just like, and Shapiro actually kind of takes the same tack Roger does, um, which whatever. There's 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 positives and negatives to that, but uh, in my book, but. Um, He's like, there's two, there's two wings of, of the people who are voting, the 20, 21 people who are not, you know, either uh, voting present or, or voting for somebody else. It's like they're the people who are trying to use it as leverage to get committees, and then there are people who just are, have a personal grudge and no plan, uh, uh, you know, no, no option to McCarthy. And that's, that's one I'll, I'll throw to Josh real quick. And before I do that, though, I think that McCarthy, Josh, I think that if he did lose – lose the gavel which he's never had it he didn't move into the speaker's office but he, i think like that was squatting sure it's like one of my <laughs> former like my former renter we had to evict so uh, yeah i think that he'll stick around even if he didn't get it just because 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 his ego will tell him i'll get it someday and i'll show them uh, i do think he has a big ego but i i don't think it's his ego is so large that he would walk away. I think he would see that as too big of a loss. He would become a thorn in the side. 
but uh, but I do think he'll get it uh, probably tomorrow. And I, when I was mistaken earlier, there had now have been been eleven votes. So Josh, I'll throw it to you real quick, and uh, you and Roger can go back and forth on this. What's the alternative? Who who? I'll tell you my my alternative. If things were working in Luke's world, it would be Jim Jordan because he doesn't want it, and he would probably actually do a really good job. But oh, that's out. I hate these pundits too. It's like, well, that's out because he doesn't want it. It's like, what? Wait, what? Jim that's, Jordan just wants to sit on the sidelines. It's easier he, to sit on the sidelines and go chair and go chair some worthless judicial, BS committee and judicial. subpoena a few people and come and say, "Hey, look at the bad things you did for nothing to come of it." That's exactly it, what he wants. He to likes that. He likes that's Jim Jordan good. right there for you. He's good at. And the apparently, judiciary. he likes little boys on the wrestling team. So that's all I'm saying. Does he? Okay. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not digging that deep into Twitter. But look, Jim he, Jordan's not an establishment guy, so Roger doesn't like him. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what it is because I'm I'm all establishment. Because Josh would rather Josh would rather McCarthy cut a deal with ten Democrats and give them subpoena and veto authority or everything. Because that's that's a way better position to be in. You know the the simple fact the simple fact that McCarthy has come out and said that he's willing to make a deal with the Democrats just goes to further my point that McCarthy would rather work with the Democrats than he would his own party as he's done. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. So my, my option, which is impossible and never happened because he would make deals to make sure it didn't because he loves being on the judiciary committee too much. And when you watch him on the judiciary committee, he does a pretty good job at cross examining because it's fun for him. He wants to do what's fun. So, Josh, what's the alternative to McCarthy then? Uh, endless debate. There's got to be a Speaker of the House at some point. But real quick note, we should actually celebrate the fact that this is going on, and we should actually be praying that it goes on as long as it possibly can. Because you know what that means? No new laws. No new legislation. Now, when it comes to appropriations, there might run into some problems there. But no new laws. No new legislation. When the federal, We've got enough federal laws. We don't need them passing anymore for now until they come up with a good one. And maybe this has given them some good time to think of some actual good laws they could pass, but I highly doubt that. Anytime the government's not doing anything, the federal government and making new laws is a good time for me. So, Josh, what is the alternative to McCarthy at this point, like right now? So, as he already said, Jim Jordan, uh, either, you know, Biggs uh, from Arizona, from, you know, Rogers guy. Uh, I think Andy Biggs would be fine because, you know, like Roger pointed out earlier, I actually agree with him. Biggs doesn't need money. Right. So you got to buy him a better suit, though. You got to tell yeah. him. He, he wore, he <laughs> I, did, wore, I did see his suit. That was he like, oh, bro. Today, but his old suits are like something my granddad wore, dude. I was gonna. I was gonna say, man, you make one hundred seventy-four k a year at least. Um, plus, you have. Plus, you have. You know, I mean, you were a millionaire already going in there. Like, bro, you can go to the Hagger Outlet. Um, I know they got one. You can go to Nordstrom Rack at Potomac Mills. It's not that far from you know DC, and, and, and get you a proper suit. Um, so anyway, so I think you've got you've got Andy Biggs, you've got Dan Bishop, who's uh, who's actually my rep. Uh, from uh, from North Carolina, I, uh, I'm lukewarm on Steve Scalise uh, because Steve Scalise is a uh, he's a McCarthy supporter. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of lukewarm on uh, on on him. And then you know, yeah, I, I have to go in and, and really dig into this guy, you know, Byron Donalds. But when he got nominated, he basically said he was like, "No, nah, man, I'm, you know, I'm I don't want that." And hey, you know what? He's another one. Be like, oh, guess what? You don't want it. And there is precedent for a freshman representative to be Speaker of the House. You got to get in the wayback machine and go back a hundred years. But there's precedent. So those those are my options. It, it's a, here's the thing, Roger. What you got? So, because there's a difference, okay, and this is where we get into political commentary versus my beliefs. Because I would love for Andy Biggs to win the thing. I would love it, right? I think there's several of the names that you mentioned on there. And the Jim Jordan er, comment, let me clarify that a little bit. There were allegations of like sexual assault on the wrestling team that he was a coach of and that he, you know, squashed or whatever. So it wasn't a direct, I guess it was kind of an indirect attack on Jim Jordan. I think he's actually a good dude, would do well on that Judiciary Committee. But there are people that I, I would personally like but who do you think can actually get 218 votes? And so when I, I think when Luke is talking about a, a viable alternative, 
whether you like McCarthy or not, the guy's pulling 200 votes. So who else can realistically pull 218 votes? Because we haven't seen those. I, I expected by now, what do they vote? 11, whatever it is, getting ready to go to 12, that you know, if anything, you would start to see some votes either go one way or start to peel away to where somebody else is pulling 50 or 60 votes. It's not budging. So of any of those people, do you honestly think that any of those people have a shot at pulling 218 votes? If you take McCarthy off the table, yes. Fair enough. So it, there, there are other options, right? And that's any a fair statement. People, that is a fair statement. I think if McCarthy is not nominated, right, and you remove him, well, those 200 votes have to go somewhere. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, if you go back, what, what was it, 2014, 2013, somewhere between 2013, 2015, when they started, you know, looking at McCarthy and voting, it got to the point to where he didn't get it. And he finally walked away. He was like, okay, now's not the right time. Okay. Well, we're 11, vote. we're, you know, we're 11 votes deep, man. Like nobody, people have their heels dug in for the most part. Right there, you know, like Luke said, you're not going to, and you don't need, you know, you can lose Gates and Bobert and you can still get it. You don't need, you, you just can't lose five, right? Um, or more than, you can't lose more than five. So it's, there, there, there are other options. You take McCarthy off the table. Well, okay. At the end of the day, the, the, the Republicans are not going to allow, they're not going to be like, well, McCarthy's off the table. I guess Jeffries it is. Right. So I don't, it just, they need to, I, I, I agree with Luke. They're like, you gotta, okay, here's your demands. You gotta make your demands public. Okay. You, you know, and, and go from there. The, the, the debate should be in, in public, but here's what you get when you get McCarthy, even if you get those committees, it doesn't mean that you run that committee and the chairman, even if you're the chairman of the committee, you still don't get to control what that committee does and doesn't do because there's a number of other people on that committee and they all get votes too. And you think McCarthy is going to be dumb enough to let you populate the entire committee with all of your people? Absolutely well, that's, not. That's what they're asking for, for like the rules and the appropriation. They're asking for, you know, they want four or five seats apiece. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't see him getting that. They, he, even if he said, Hey, you're the chairman of the rules committee, it still doesn't mean you get, you know, you're, you're the end all be all up there. Um, you know, and so, so let's talk about real quick about McCarthy's, uh, you know, committee, committee chairs. So energy and commerce committee, these are ones that he floated last summer when he thought, Oh, I got, I got it locked up energy and commerce committee, Kathy McMorris Rogers. She's got a 60% Liberty score appropriations committee. K K Granger, a never Trumper 51% Liberty score ways and means Vern Buchanan, 57% Liberty score foreign affairs. Mike McCall. He was a former Homeland security chair who couldn't get anything done on the border. Even when we controlled all three branches, couldn't get anything done. And though the Armed Services Committee, Mike Rogers, um, he came out and said, anyone that opposed McCarthy will not get a committee. And he'll see personally to that. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, that's bold. That's like Dan Crenshaw, you know, calling everybody terrorists. Um, and last comment, I, and I'll, I'll push it over to Luke. And I got a question for Luke after this. One, if there was ever uh, uh, either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain moment, it was Newt Gingrich on Fox and Friends. Newt Gingrich came out and was like, quote, this is a personality problem and a look at me, look at me publicity problem. These 20 people are making Republicans look like idiots. No, Newt. Republicans look like idiots long before any of these people actually got into Congress. F him too. Yeah. Yeah, for real. So, Luke, let me ask you. Donald Trump came out and told everybody to get behind McCarthy and not one vote shifted. Does Donald Trump still hold the sway that he held, let's say in 2020 when it comes no. to, to politics in DC? No, and, you know. no, absolutely not. And what we're seeing now is a transition. I don't, I don't attribute it to Trump. I never have. Uh, Trump was the right place, at the, uh, the right guy at the right time, the right place in history, right? Uh, we needed a candidate like that back then. Uh, that Because it, this is a wave, and it's not a MAGA wave, and it's not a red wave. This is 
a shifting of the tides, so to speak. And you're seeing a little bit of the Trump. I called it earlier. I said, well, we're still coming out of the Trump hangover until I saw how much Trump was behind McCarthy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is deeper than that. It's gone beyond Trump at this point. Uh, so to answer your question, no, he does not have this way. And I think this is a really bad sign for him. And if you're a Democrat strategist, I like to talk a little strategy right now. It's like if you're a Democrat strategist, you're like, hey, okay, we don't have to really worry about Trump much anymore. Um, but we do need to worry about DeSantis. Because if I was a David Axelrod or Carl, Carl Rove kind of guy working in, you know, a big consultancy where everybody kind of listened, you know, it's like, hey, here's a political strategy. Check this out. We had a rough beginning to 2023, right? Uh, it's now 2024. You know, we're still kind of at odds with each other. Everybody's still kind of mad at those 20. Or let's even say it's 40. Everybody's kind of mad at the Freedom Caucus. Let's get a guy, let's get a candidate to have, you know, to be the center of everybody bro-hugging it out and becoming a stronger party for this. Because, you know, brothers are the, the strongest thing in the world is a brother, right? What do brothers do all the time? They fight, 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 fight. So, I mean, if Republicans were smart, which they're not, they could spin this into something else. They could spin this into let's bro hug it out. Now we're all on the same page. I got your back. You got mine. Now let's go after those bad policies. Let's let's start tackling this stuff, even though there's not much we can do in this lame duck session. I think that I do think it's going to be DeSantis. I don't think it's going to be Trump. I think DeSantis, I think we're starting to see something. And this has nothing to do with him. It has to do with the times. He can be a unifying figure within the Republican Party that a lot of people could get behind. And, you know, you mark these words. I think it's a fairly good shot that by the middle of DeSantis's campaign, Josh is going to call him an establishment stooge and say F DeSantis. <laughs> but, I, Roger, do you think that they could possibly uh, turn this around and have it be a unifying moment rather than a, you know, just it's a sign of dysfunction maybe, but maybe it's a sign of a family squabbling and, and, and hashing out roles? I I don't know because, you know, we tend to look at this at a, at a, as a national level or at a national level with that perspective. And when you look at House of Representatives, remembering they are elected, you know, popular vote from their individual districts, you have to really delve into the weeds. And with a lot of these places, you're never going to get rid of the rhinos. With these other places, you're never going to get rid of the conservatives. The problem that the GOP has had really beyond Trump and really at the very beginning of Trump with his 2016 uh, you got to remember, the Freedom Caucus came out, and I just looked it up, Josh, 19 of the 20 members are, are aligned with the Freedom Caucus. Freedom Caucus came out in 2015, and remember, they were causing problems then, and, and even before then, it was the Tea Party. We've talked about this on previous episodes. You can't just sweep them aside, and what happens is, this, and this isn't a, a right-wing thing or a left-wing thing. I think what happens is when you go too far off your base, and, and in, in this example, it's obviously the conservatives. When you veer too far from being a conservative, you get this group of folks that Crenshaw calls terrorists uh, that say, no, we, we need to go back to what our fundamentals are. This is who we are. This is what a conservative is. This is what a Republican is. And at least in my opinion, in my viewpoint, that's what's happening now. And that's what's been happening since 2015, even with Donald Trump. Uh, and with the Freedom Caucus. And I think the the mainstream GOP folks, because probably a lot of fundraising, because let's, let, let's make no bones about it. The reason McCarthy has 200 votes is because, one, he helped get a lot of these folks elected. And he went out there and he was raising funds for a lot of these folks. There, I don't know how true it is, but even with Bo Bear, one of the pundits was asking her, well, do you feel like you stabbed him in the back because he threw X amount of money or his pack or super pack or, or whatever? I don't know how much that was and, and, and if that's the truth. It's just what was what he was questioning. Uh, she kind of came back, well, he didn't help me get elected or or, or whatever. Um, but there are a lot of folks that he did help get, you know, he did help win. Uh, not as many as he should have. So you can say, hey, if you're not winning, maybe this isn't this post isn't for you. But I do think, as you've seen, it goes back to my fiscal conservative policy. As the right moves farther from the right, the stronger that Freedom Caucus or groups like that become. You know, I, I don't think there's a uh, there's a doubt in my mind on that. My my last thing that I, I, I want to ask real quick, um, I'll throw it over to Josh. And I know this is this is a little bold here because tomorrow's Friday. We'll drop this tomorrow morning. So I guess everybody. So what's our final prediction? Like, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? 
Uh, do you think McCarthy is finally elected? Do you think they they pull him and somebody else? Do you think it just goes through the weekend and now we go to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What do you think? I don't know. Honestly, like I really like I truly don't know. I, I do think McCarthy eventually is going to become the speaker. Um, yeah, uh, that's just because the establishment is going to establish, uh, you know, and it's going to do it hard because we've been deadlocked. We, we're, we're deadlocked now. You know what we've never been deadlocked over, though? That one point seven trillion ominous bill, COVID and big pharma fascism. Gun legislation, congressional pay raises, suppression of free speech, collusion with social media companies. We weren't, hey, the list goes on, right? We weren't deadlocked over that shit. They, they got that done right quick and in a hurry. Um, now, now comes the time who's going to be in power. Now we got, you know, oh man, you know, now we're deadlocked. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I honestly, I think it goes through the weekend. Um, but I, but I think eventually, I, I do think McCarthy will uh, will end up with the gavel, and then uh, we'll sit around for the next two years complaining about how much Republicans suck and about how the establishment sucks. Um, you know, so hey, job security and uh, you know fodder for uh, for C three. <laughs> hey, Luke, real quick, before you give your answer, I want to jump in here real quick. There is no way, right? The Democrats saw this coming at the end of last year before the omnibus bill was passed, because I'm just looking at it strategically. Like if I'm the Democratic Party. I don't pass an omnibus bill. I pass a CR and let this thing expire this week and let that bill, that unfunded bill, sit in the chamber, sit in the house while they argue over the speaker is. I mean, dude, that would that to me would be a genius play. That would have been a good play, but that would have required forethought. But uh, I, I'm going to predict, uh, I was going to say it'll probably be settled tomorrow by the time this comes out, but I'm going to go with Josh and say it'll go through the weekend and maybe Tuesday uh, they'll, they'll, they'll have the vote. Um, yeah, because that would be big news if it went through tomorrow. We know uh, big, whatever, those things hardly ever come out on a Friday. It's always stuff they want to uh, sweep under the rug. So that's my prediction. And uh, let's not forget that uh, Joe Biden campaigned with uh, Josh's favorite uh, favorite senator uh, yesterday in Kentucky. Back to you, Roger. <laughs> hey, he's going to be out at the border. He's going to El Paso. So maybe you can swing by and be part of his escort or something. Coyote uh, Joe. I, I think, and I have no basis for this other than timeline and the fact that you already have one or two uh, Republican congressmen saying that they can't be around beyond the weekend. I think this thing gets solved by the end of tomorrow uh, before we go into the weekend. And I think McCarthy ends up giving up a whole lot, probably giving up everything. And it's just, this is just a, an uneducated guess. I think there are probably enough people there on the Republican side, because I would assume if he can only have five people uh, vote no, I mean, it's probably the same way, right? If, otherwise, if the Democrats, everybody show up, Jeffries could, th could theoretically win. Uh, so I think if you have enough of the Republicans that are like, hey, I cannot be here on Monday. Uh, now your math changes. It changes a lot. And so because of that, I think it gets solved. By the end of tomorrow, I think McCarthy ends up being the speaker, and I think he ends up giving a lot. So with that, uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode. I know it's a fast and furious one out there, but my thumbs hurt. Josh and I sit here going back and forth every morning, uh, all morning. So I'm sure we'll try to get another 85 or, or 90 notifications for, for Luke as he's escorting uh, Coyote Joe down in, in El Paso. But uh, I guess we'll find out who's right tomorrow. So, hey, Keep your canteen cups tightly secured and full of some good whiskey.